checking the clock. No, but we, we have been in this time of shift, which has just been amazing. Is your life shifting? My life is shifting. This church is shifting. God is good. And in this uh, beginning season of the shift, we have been called back to the foundation of our faith. If you were here for the very first word that our pastor brought, one thing he said was we were called back to return to remember the heart of our faith, to remember that original call of God on our life and that, that first place where we knew him, that we fell in love with him and that we come back to that place. And I'm preaching this morning on a subject that probably has been the single most thing that has ever shifted my life and shifted yours, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. And that is the center of our faith. That is the heart of Christianity. It's something that we can never forget. There was a reason why Jesus said, remember me, remember my body that was broken for you and my blood that was shed for you. I believe because the devil will try to make us soon forget it. And that's why Jesus told us to remember it. So that's where we are going today. Is there anybody in the house today that knows you're here because of the blood of Jesus? I can stand here today and say, I didn't do everything just right. I'm only here because of the blood of Jesus. I'm really not that smart. It's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. In this troubled world, what a message we have. We're not ones who are hopeless. We are not those who are in the dark, but we have seen the light. God is good. We know the cross of Jesus Christ and it has changed us and shifted us. Hallelujah. So Jesus at the Last Supper, he quotes this word in Luke 22:20. 20. He says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Will you lift up your hands today and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence that has filled this house all day long. We stop, Lord, to say thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. It's all because of the blood. I pray for fresh oil and fresh anointing now as we minister this word. Let every heart hear, every ear hear what the Spirit wants to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you turn to somebody before you sit down and just say, it's because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. We adopted our son, Peyton, when he was six years old, and uh, he had come from quite a rough background. He just actually celebrated a birthday, actually turned 13, now a teenager. Can you believe that? Time flies. But I remember when we first got him and he encountered God and uh, started coming to church and everything, kids' church. and every night when we would say our prayers together, he would always close his prayer with, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. That was just always so precious to me. I would realize he would say it every single time, every single night. That was the end of his prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. I pray that as we leave this place today, we leave with a thankful heart, a greater thankful heart for the precious blood of Jesus Christ and the cross. Amen. So Jesus said in Luke 22:20, 20, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. You see, often you hear of a will and testament, right? Uh, when someone uh, is getting ready to pass before they pass, uh, they, they write a will 
and Testament that makes an arrangement validating their personal possessions after their death. You know, I heard of this one. It was a very unusual one, but very beautiful. I have to just throw this out there. Um, the legendary U.S. comedian Jack Benny, he left a very unusual instruction in his will when he died in 1974. Every day since he passed, his widow has received one long-stemmed red rose at her home. She learned that he made provisions in his will, one red rose every day for the rest of her life. Isn't that something? That was, that was an unusual one. But the fact is that the New Testament, I mean, the Testament and the will that we leave behind, it's binding, it's validating, it sets in motion what that declares. He made that provision that was set in motion by his will and testament. And Jesus says in this scripture, as he lifts up this cup to the disciples, he lifts it up as a representation. And he said, this cup, is the New Testament in my blood. This is the covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. In other words, that my blood is activating my covenant. By my blood shed, I am validating, I am activating, I am setting in motion all of God's promises. Hallelujah. He said, this cup is a sign of my covenant for you that my blood is making. It confirms the promises of God, which the Bible says are yes and amen in him. It is salvation. It is forgiveness. It is love. It is grace. It is mercy. Has anybody ever received healing? Hallelujah. It is healing. It is protection. It is restoration. It is new life. It is deliverance. It is power. It is peace. It is strength. It is everything for the abundant life. When Jesus shed his blood, it affirmed, it validated that covenant. Hallelujah. That is this book right here in our lives. And often we center only on the power of the blood to forgive our sins. But today I want to go and just dig a little deeper in the power that the blood of Jesus supplies. If there is anything that will shift you to victorious living, it's the blood of Jesus. And if you've been in church for any length of time in your life, especially if you were in the old church, you would hear somebody shout, I plead the blood. Has anybody ever heard that? I plead the blood. That was someone saying that who had a revelation of what the blood supplied to their life. And my prayer is that when you lay down your head tonight on your pillow after this amazing day, my prayer is that you will have a revelation that will help you give every battle over to God and allow the blood to do its job. Hallelujah. To understand fully the power of the blood, we must understand that Christ is our Passover lamb. In Exodus, we see God begin to unfold his great love story for humanity when he raises up Moses to deliver the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob from slavery after more than 400 years of bondage. In Exodus, the Bible tells us that God inflicted 10 plagues upon the Egyptians before Pharaoh would release the Israelites with the 10th plague being the killing of the firstborn sons. 
The Israelites were instructed to mark the doorpost of their homes with the spring blood of the lamb, and upon seeing this, the death angel would pass over their homes. In Exodus chapter 12, 7 and 13, the Bible says, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Verse 13 says, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, somebody say, When I see the blood, say, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You see, the Egyptians had no protection from the destroyer, but the people of Israel who put the blood of the lamb on their dwellings were safe. Somebody say, because of the blood. Oh, say it again. Say, because of the blood. I'm going to make you talk today. Exodus 12, 21 through 23 says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. What I want you to take notice of in this text is the blood applied stopped the destroyer. Not only was the lamb killed, but his blood must be applied. By using the Passover lamb to redeem Israel from bondage, God gives us a vivid illustration of our redemption from sin through Jesus Christ. He provided a way of escape for the children of Israel through the blood of the spotless lamb. And this is the freedom that we have through Christ, our Passover lamb. You see, they were not set free by the plague of frogs, the plague of boils, the plague of darkness, the plague of lice, the plague of hell, but because of the blood. Somebody say, because of the blood. They applied the blood. And 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. He is our Passover lamb. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I want to draw your attention to the specific instructions required for that first Passover lamb and let you see the correlation that Christ is our Passover lamb. You see, for Passover, a blemished lamb would not have been accepted. The least wound or disease would have disqualified it. Jesus Christ was unblemished from birth, born of a virgin Mary through the Holy Ghost, without sin, as spotless as the driven snow, clear and perfect. In him there was no sin. Not only did the lamb have to be without blemish, but the Bible said it had to be a male of the first year. A lamb in its prime, unexhausted, just ripened into maturity and perfection. And Jesus had just come to the ripeness of manhood when he was offered. He wasn't a boy. He was not a young man, but he was a full man. He did not die when he was a youth, for he would not have given all he was to be. 
He didn't die when he was an old man, or he would have given himself when he was in decay. But just in his maturity, in his prime, Jesus Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. What does this mean? He was still the lamb of the first year. And then we see the place where the lamb was to be killed. The first Passover was in Egypt. The second was in the wilderness. But the next time we read of the Passover celebration was not until the Israelites came to Canaan. And in Deuteronomy 16, at that point, the Lord no longer allowed them to sacrifice in their own homes, but appointed a place for the celebration. He said it must be Jerusalem, the place where men worshiped, God's palace, where the altar smoked, and the Jews were saved. He said, thou shalt only kill the lamb in the place the Lord thy God shall appoint. Hear me, Jesus was sacrificed in the very place. He did not die in Nazareth by the mob of people who surrounded him, but he was sacrificed in the appointed place of Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, the lambs were brought to be slaughtered before Passover. The lambs were slaughtered and their blood caught in a basin, and then it was taken and thrown on the fire or cast at the front of the altar. Can you imagine that moment? 10,000 lambs sacrificed and the blood poured out. The lamb was to be roasted, but it was not to have a bone of its body broken. And when we look at Christ, we can see the crucifixion even answering these things. The shedding of blood, the hands and his feet were pierced. The roasting, as the lamb was on the fire, so Christ was in the broiling sun and all the other pain that he endured. Not a bone was broken on his body, which could not have been the case with any other punishment. He was, Jesus was, the Passover lamb. Christ, our Passover, was slain for us. Now just think about this night, that night in Egypt at the first Passover. I want to walk you through a scenario and go with me in your mind's eye and picture what they went through. The father of the Hebrew house takes the lamb and he examines that lamb from top to bottom to be sure that it's pure, for that's what was required. Sure, not defined, not even one blemish. And so when he finds none, he calls his son and he says, son, bring me the basin. And he stabs the lamb and the blood flows into the basin. And can you see that father as he does that, calling his wife in to get ready? Lord, just come in here and get the lamb for roasting. It's time to cook the lamb, but be careful that no bone is broken. And then can you see the father calling and saying, son, bring a bunch of hyssop. Bring it in here. And one of the children brings it to the father and he dips it in the blood that is in that basin. And he says to his family, come here, wife, come in here, children, everyone come in here and see what I am about to do. And he takes that hyssop in his hands and he dips it in the blood and he sprinkles it across the lintel and the doorpost as the Lord had instructed. 
And I could see some little children that might be there because they like to ask a lot of questions, don't they? I could see his children saying, why are you doing this, Father? And he answers, this night, the Lord God will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into the house and strike you. Sorry, this gets me every single time I think about this. And now it's all done and the lamb is cooked and the guest and the family are set down to enjoy eating the meal and the father blesses it. Don't you think he must have told them Family, this is an important night. For in another hour, we will leave Egypt. Whew. I can see him as he's sitting there thinking about what has been promised and what is about to happen and clapping his hands, begin declaring, I am not going to be a slave any longer. I can see him as he looks at his son and says, son, you may have had the taskmaster's lash on you even this afternoon, but it's the last time that you're going to feel it. I can see him looking at everyone with tears in his eyes and saying, this night, the Lord will deliver you. <laughs> could you imagine that moment? And this is the picture that God gives us. And all of a sudden, it's the dead of night, and suddenly they hear a scream, and then another, and then the crying and the wailing. And the father says, stay inside the doors, children. Be calm. The blood will save you. And in a moment, the Egyptians are coming and saying, get out of here, leave. Our children are dead. God is punishing us for our cruelty. It was a horrible night for their enemy, but it was a glorious night for the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give the Lord praise for the blood of Jesus Christ. As quickly as the blood was seen, the enemy released them. For the Bible says there was no time for the bread to rise. They were released instantly. They had been set free from their captivity, protected and delivered by the blood. Somebody say, by the blood. I've come to remind you today that there is still power in the blood. Woo! God was painting a picture for us so that we would know all these years later that because of the Passover lamb, we are free from the enemy. Whoo, hallelujah. Jesus said, remember me. Remember my body that was broken for you and my blood that was spilled out for you. Never forget it's the blood. It was by his blood that we have been redeemed. First Peter 1:18 says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 
Colossians 1 says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You see, redemption was always through the shedding of blood until the day of Christ's sacrifice. Man relied on the blood of animals to account for their sin. But Psalms 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Today, hallelujah, we don't have to sacrifice an animal. We don't have to kill an animal and get blood all over our hands. We don't even have to work to earn our salvation or our redemption. Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice for sin, finished the work. Somebody say he finished it. Somebody say, he finished it for me. We just have to remember and apply what he has provided. You see, in the Old Testament, the blood had to be applied with hyssop. We don't apply the blood with hyssop anymore. As the redeemed through the new covenant and our Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, we apply the blood with the words of our mouth. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Remember, the blood applied stopped the destroyer. The blood was effective only when it was by faith applied to the doorpost. The Hebrew father totally believed that God was going to deliver them by that blood. The door supplied the only way into the house and placing the blood on the door symbolized the importance of this shed blood. The blood was to be the only way to life. To kill the lamb and not apply the blood would have had absolutely no effect. As long as the blood was left in the basin, it had absolutely no effect. Life would come only one way, through faith in the blood. The blood only had the power to save when it was lifted out of the basin and sprinkled on the doorpost. If the Israelites would have just set the basin filled with blood by the threshold and said, what does it matter? Blood is blood. Let me tell you what would have happened. The death angel would have struck their house. The blood had to be lifted out of the basin and sprinkled and applied on the door to fulfill its protection. Faith activates the power in your life. I, re I remember one time when I was in my prayer closet and I was praying to get delivered from a certain thing in my life. I just felt the bondage of it. I felt like it kept me entrapped. And I remember as I was praying and saying, God, deliver me. I remember the Holy Spirit shining the light on what it really was. Even as our sister mentioned about the freedom group, how the Lord showed her there were some things that were still there. The Holy Spirit illuminated that to me. And it was in that moment that I took the cross of Jesus Christ and I applied it to that place in my life. I saw the cross of Jesus Christ and I say in the name of Jesus, I take the power of the blood that you have shed, your sacrifice that you have made to conquer sin in my life and I right now apply it to this issue and I declare that it is 
destroyed. It is crucified with Christ on that cross. It has no more power over me. We cannot just see and know that the blood of Jesus Christ has been done, but we apply it to our lives. We, by faith, we take the power of the cross and what Jesus has done, and we apply it to our life. God is looking for some faith filled believers that will believe what he has said those who believe in him those who believe in his son in the power of the blood and will begin to walk in that faith believe that it is enough for you oh hallelujah believe i believe in the power of the blood of jesus jesus lifted it up and said this cup is the new testament in my blood which is shed for you hallelujah i believe that it is enough i believe that that cup sealed the covenant in my life i believe in the power of the blood of jesus to block my enemy oh come on somebody if there's anybody that believes in the blood, I believe the blood of Jesus will keep your children. It will keep your family. Come on. It'll cover you from all hurt, harm, and danger. Honey, when my, when my finances get funny, I begin to say, uh-uh, devil, I apply the blood of Jesus. My, my, my finances are righteous. Come on. They are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And devil, you got to go. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Somebody who believes in the power of blood, of the blood of Jesus ought to claim it right now. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to claim the blood over a son. Somebody needs to claim the blood over a daughter. Somebody needs to claim the blood over your mind. Somebody needs to claim the blood over an addiction. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to claim the blood of Jesus over your finances, over your business. Begin to claim the blood of Jesus Christ. There is power in the blood. The blood of Jesus can never lose its power because it is a divine blood. It avails for everything imaginable. Hallelujah. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The word of God does not say, let the redeemed of the Lord think so. But he says, open up your mouth and apply it with the words that come out of your mouth when you pray say so come on take take up your weapon of the blood and claim the blood and say so because when we speak we don't just remind the devil the blood is against him we remind ourselves of the power in the blood of jesus there is power when you speak it out when you say devil i hold the blood of jesus against you satan you are defeated i declare god's word that it overcomes you and you have to flee Hallelujah. I claim the blood and apply it to my mind. Come on, when you're wrestling in your mind, I claim the blood of Jesus over my mind. I declare the peace of God guards my mind. Devil, you got to go. I claim the blood of Jesus over my health. I don't receive that doctor's report, but I claim the blood of Jesus. Devil, you got to pass over. I want to look at three things real quickly that the blood provides. It cleanses from sin. Is anybody thankful that the blood of Jesus has washed you clean? Woo! For those of you who aren't perfect in here, you're real happy about that. Hebrews 9.22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. You see, a cancer patient loves to hear the word remission. 
A cancer patient longs to hear that their cancer is in remission. When the doctor proclaims that, he's like saying, I have checked you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I have checked every organ. I have checked every part of your blood, every lymph node, and you have no cancer anywhere. And the Bible declares that through the blood, your sin is in remission. Woo! I need some thankful folk that needed forgiveness at some time in your life to give God praise, that he looks at you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, inside, outside, all around, and there is no sin that he sees in your life. The Bible says there is no condemnation because it has been erased as, it, as if it has never even existed. Glory to God. So when the accuser brings charges against you, you better plead the blood. Some of you who have been allowing the enemy to beat you up over your past, make you feel guilty over the things of your past, you need to rise up and begin to plead the blood. When he comes against you and says, you know what you did, I plead the blood. No, 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 you know where you went, you know what you did, you know what you said. Uh-uh, devil, I plead the blood, come on. Your answer is the blood. It's under the blood, and I'm leaving it there. Woo! You see, sin may have opened the door of your life to the enemy, but the blood closed it. Jesus' blood cleanses us from all sin and closes the door of opportunity to the devil. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. You see, the, the devil being the first one to sin and the first tempter of sin, which we know sin leads to death, he was known to hold the power of death. But on that cross, hallelujah, Jesus shed his blood and he put the enemy to shame, snatching back the keys of death, hell, in the grave. I absolutely loved it when our little girl that came here, Catherine Mullins, she began to sing. He walked right up to the gates of hell and he took the keys back. <laughs> Who was here that Sunday morning? She just started singing it. He walked right up to the gates of hell and he took the keys back. He took your family back. He took your mind back. Woo! He took your freedom back. He took your peace back. He took your life back. He walked right up to the gates of hell and he took it back. Hallelujah. Jesus shed his blood and put the enemy to shame. And now he can no longer keep anyone under the power of any spiritual death. Glory be to God. But Jesus made it so simple. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus' blood enables us to stand before God as if sin had never existed in our lives anymore. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, it cleanses me. Thank you, Jesus, I am sinless in your eyes. Thank you, Jesus, I can come boldly before the throne of grace and find help because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody give God praise if you're thankful for the blood. Because of the blood of Jesus, 
We couldn't save ourselves, but because of the blood of Jesus. When God sees us, he sees us covered in the precious shed blood of his son. We have no other plea for entrance into God's presence but the precious blood of the lamb. You can't work your way good enough. You can't do enough good things. You can't be a good enough person to come into the presence of the Father. But it's all done for you by the blood of Jesus Christ. Woo, glory to God. I have access. Somebody say, I have access because of the blood. Somebody give God praise for the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. Second thing I want to show you is life is in the blood. See, Leviticus 17, 11 said, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. You see, in the body, the blood plays a very important role. The blood helps to transport nutrients and water, salts and waste products in the body. It helps the body in defenses against disease. It provides immunity by the lymphocytes. The blood produces antioxidants and protects our body from nucleic acids and toxins of invading organisms. The blood acts as a buffer to maintain the acid-base balance. So many things. It maintains the body temperature. It keeps the body alive. And Jesus said in John 6, 53, that unless one would be willing to eat his flesh and drink his blood, he would have no life in him. You see, the blood of Jesus contains the life of Jesus. When we're separated from God, we're separated from the source of life. We're separated from Jesus. We are separated from life, from the source of life. And Jesus said, unless you eat of his flesh and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now that can sound pretty gross. Drink his blood, Pastor John? I'm supposed to be drinking blood? No. When you are convinced in your innermost being of the life-giving power in the blood and you take it for yourself, you are drinking in the blood of Jesus Christ. And not only does the blood do something for you, it does something in you. You see, an important part of Passover was the eating of the lamb. The nature of eating food is that it's personal, and it's the means of sustaining physical life. Eating the lamb was God's way of everyone becoming personally involved with the Passover lamb because everyone was involved with the killing of the lamb, securing the lamb, applying the blood on the doorpost, but they all took part by eating it. The individual eating of the lamb allowed the spiritual benefit of the blood, which was spread on the doorpost, to be applied to each one personally. And just because his death was sufficient for sin of everyone, each person must personally partake of the work of the cross. We each one have to receive it for ourselves. I receive his blood in my life. I receive it as life to every dead mindset. Come on. Every dead place. I receive it, and I declare through it that I receive life. Hallelujah. Life to every dead mindset. Life to every dead dream. I speak it over you. Life to every dead hope. Life 
to every dead destiny. I speak the life of Jesus in you. The blood of Jesus gives us life. It gives life to your body, every organ, every tissue, every fiber, every cell. The blood of Jesus Christ. Apply the blood to every dead area and declare through the blood of Jesus I live. Hallelujah. There's power in the blood. Declare through the blood of Jesus, I live through the blood of Jesus. Every part of my purpose and destiny, it lives in him. Hallelujah. Life is in the blood through the blood every place that was dead comes to life to divine life the power for overcoming is in the blood somebody say because of the blood hallelujah I want to show you this the blood speaks the blood speaks to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel this is referring to the story of Cain and Abel. If you remember from the very beginning, Cain despised his brother Abel because the Lord did not receive his offering, but he received Abel's offering because God's requirement was always the blood and Cain wanted to do things his own way and bring an offering of fruit. But there is no other way but the blood of Jesus. I know it's not popular today. Declare that Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. But I'm here to tell you, it is. If you don't want to believe me, don't believe me. But I don't have any other message for you. Jesus is the only way. He's the truth, and he's the life. And Cain thought he had won when he killed Abel. He thought he had finished it. And it was over. But the Bible says the blood speaks and his blood cried up from the ground to the Lord. Now, you may not be able to hear blood speaking. And I know that I can't hear blood speaking. But tell your neighbor, God can. God can hear the blood speaking. And I'm so glad that the Father can hear blood talking because the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, is speaking better things than Abel's blood. You see, the blood spoke up for Abel, the first victim of murder. And God responded when the blood of Abel cried up to him. How much more mightily, if he responded to the voice of Abel, will he respond to the crying out of the blood of his own son, Jesus Christ? That blood is crying out forgiveness. That blood is crying out redemption. Hallelujah. The blood is crying out and it's speaking righteousness. Hallelujah. Everything that you can't provide for yourself, the blood speaks up for you. When the adversary accuses you and you know you can't plead your innocence because you are guilty as sin, the blood speaks up and he says, pardoned, forgiven, redeemed, pardoned, forgiven, redeemed. Somebody needs to hear the blood speaking over you today. Pardon, forgiven, redeemed. No weapon formed against you can prosper. There is no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody say because of the blood. 
You see, Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. This scripture tells me that there are times in your life, if you have not experienced it yet, which I know you have, there are gonna be times where you're gonna have to overcome the devil. Has anybody figured that out by now? Does anybody hate the devil? Oh, I hate the devil. But there are gonna be times when he's gonna come against you and you're gonna have to overcome the devil. He may bring fear, he may bring doubt, he may bring anxiety. He may bring the attacks of people. Come on. He might bring temptation, discouragement. He might try to draw you back in to an old lifestyle. He might even give you, have you desire to give up and quit on it all. But in these times, don't quit. Don't give up, but look up because your victory has already been won because of the blood. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Not just any word, but the word it's talking about there is the logos word that is the word of the Lord it's what God has said and what he is continuing to say over your life two of your powerful weapons the blood of Jesus speaking and you speaking the word of the Lord when the two come in agreement the devil gets nervous because they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony because he knows the blood validates the covenant the blood has activated the promises and when the people of God begin to realize that and believe that and they apply the blood of Jesus and they come in agreement with the word of the Lord oh come on the church needs to begin to believe the blood like the devil does the devil gets nervous because he knows that he is overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. He is working overtime because he knows his time is short. It is almost up. And so I am here today to remind you that you will overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. The devil knows it. It's time for us to begin to remember it. Woo! and realize that we apply the blood. We don't just know that the blood is there, but we take the blood and we said, the weapon of the blood of Jesus, I apply it to this situation. I apply it over my son right now. And I declare in the name of Jesus that my household will serve the Lord. You attach the word of the Lord with the covenant made ah, by the blood of Jesus Christ and declare victory in Jesus' name. Every day, you need to remember the blood. Every day, you need to remember that you triumph because of the blood. When Jesus snatched the keys away from him of death and hell, we shared in that triumph. When he defeated Satan, it was also your victory. It was also my victory. Every day we need to remember the blood of Jesus that when he ascended on high and was set down, we ascended with him. Oh, hallelujah. I shouldn't be here today. I should be dead. Hallelujah. I remember being in a car accident that I shouldn't even be walking today. But because of the blood of 
of Jesus Christ. There are things that should have got me, but because of the blood, I only lived because of the blood. I'm here now because of the blood. I have this opportunity because and only because of the blood. I'm free in my mind only because of the blood. I'm healed in my body only because of the blood. I have strength. I have strength only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm wondering, are there any blood-bought people in the house of the Lord this morning who know you are here because of the blood of Jesus? You can look back and know you were not smart enough. You didn't make the right decisions. You didn't make the right choices. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you stand here today in freedom. Hallelujah. You didn't get yourself out of that addiction. You didn't break yourself free. You didn't get yourself out of that depression. But you know, I stand here today only because there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's never forget, but always remember, there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. The devil believes it. He knows it overcomes him. He knows it has already defeated him. In the name of Jesus, child of God, rise up. Take the blood of Jesus Christ and the power that God has provided for you and apply it. Hallelujah. Somebody say, because of the blood, I'm free. I'm forgiven. I'm healed. I have peace. I have victory. day today in the presence of the Lord. Somebody is going to leave this place after this service and get ready to step into change. Get ready to see victory meet you as you leave this place because God has moved and shown up in this house all day long. Glory to God. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, it cleanses us from sin. I must stop right now. Just ask everyone in here to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want to give anyone the opportunity that would be here today who would say, Pastor Don, I have never partaken of that blood of Jesus. I've never actually received him, received the work that he has done for me that can set me free, that can give me this freedom and this liberty in my life but I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm tired of fighting my own way. I'm tired of trying to make this thing work. Clearly it's not working. My way has not worked, so I'm ready for another way. If that's you, will you slip your hand up right now? I see it. I see it. I want you to right now take one more step and come down here with me because I want to pray with you. If there's someone standing next to you, just let them get by and come down here because I just want to take a minute and pray right now. 
because the blood of Jesus is about to do its greatest work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you, honey. Come on. If you raised your hand, join me down here. I wanted to say a quick prayer with you. The wonderful thing is that Jesus provided the new covenant that all we have to do is call on him, confess our sins. He forgives us and cleanses us. Amen. Amen. Precious. Precious. I love seeing kids come down here today. Amen. Will you join me and put your hand on your heart and let's pray this prayer. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus' name. I come to you in Jesus' name. Thanking you. Thanking you. For the cross. For the cross. For the sacrifice. For the sacrifice. And for the blood. And for the blood. I declare today. I declare today. It cleanses me. It cleanses me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For all my sins. For all my sins. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. From all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. The Lord of all I am. The Lord of all I am. I surrender it all to you today. I surrender it all to you today. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give these a hand right now? The best decision, girl.